Good morning, Clinton United Methodist Church. This is Pastor Michael coming to you live and in person from the mezzanine. I hope you're all having a good day despite the weather. It's a good day to be a duck. Um, before we get to our worship service, we have some things, uh, some announcements and whatnot we'd like to share with you. Uh, Rick has something first to start us off. Good morning, everybody. First off, uh, there is a trustee meeting following church today, so all the trustees, we're going to meet up in the sanctuary. And second, when there's talk of coming back into the church, that's still being worked on right now. But the one big thing is, since we haven't been in the sanctuary for a year, we got a lot of cleanup to do of everything in there. So we're going to talk about it today in the trustee meeting to formulate a plan of how we're going to do this. And basically, we need all the church's help. We're thinking about maybe during office hours having availability for people to come in on their own time and stuff. But we're just uh, prepping people to uh, be ready. We're going to need help. It might take us a couple weeks to clean everything up because there's lots of spider webs and and dead uh, little bugs around everywhere. So uh, keep that in mind. We would really appreciate the help. Good morning. Great to see you all out there. And it is going to get nicer later in the day. Announcements today. Are Nancy Warren turned 90 on February 22nd. Please send a birthday card to her at 26420 South Woodlawn Drive, Crete, Illinois. 60417. She's doing well and would really like to hear from all of us. We have positions available. We are in need of a church historian and a membership secretary. If you are interested in either of these positions, please call or talk to Pastor Michael. Do you love children and youth? Do you like to help people? Do you like to share your faith? Well, have we got just the thing for you? The Worship and Education Committee is looking to add another Sunday school teacher for the fall so we can better spread out our age groups for learning. Specifically, we are hoping to find someone who would lead the uh, first and third grade group. And the best part, you do not need any prior teaching experience. You do not need any prior anything. We will help you get all set up and help along the way. We are also looking for anyone who might be willing to help as a sub every so often as needed. If you are interested, please contact Pastor Michael or anyone on the Worship and Education Committee. We have some really great kids here at Clinton UMC, and we want to do the very best for them that we can. Uh, Sheila and I are starting up the sewing group at the church. They actually met last Thursday evening. If you are interested in getting together to sew and would like more information, please contact one of us. We will social distance to keep everyone safe. And the first meeting was on Thursday, and it's still time to join. Going to be kept very simple, and you'll be kind of self-directed. The building will be closed until further notice. Volunteers will be checking the messages and email regularly. It's that time of year again that we need to be prepared in case Sunday's worship service needs to be canceled. Cancellations will be announced on WLEN 103.9 FM and W4 Country 102.9 FM. 
our Facebook page, and our new web page. Our upcoming events are Communion Sunday, March 7th, next Sunday, the Blood Drive and the Finance Ad Board meeting at 6.30. On March 11th, the Food Pantry, March 14th, Noisy Coin Collection, and March 25th, Swiss Steak Dinner. Mmm, that should be yummy. Beginning Monday, February 1st, 2021, Pastor Mike will be, will be hoping, holding an open Zoom meeting for anyone who wants to have some coffee and chat. The time will be from 1 p.m. until 2 p.m. every Monday, and any changes will be communicated as far in advance as possible. These chats are meant to be kind of like coffee hour and not for one-on-one -on -one se sessions. So grab a cup of coffee or whatever your beverage of choice is and spend some time getting to know our pastor better. The link for the Zoom meeting will be published on our Facebook page and emailed out prior to the first meeting time. Prayer workshops. Lent is coming up soon, and in place of a Bible or book study, Pastor Michael is going to be offering some prayer workshops at various times during the week. The schedule will be as follows. Monday evenings from 8 p.m. until 9 p.m. via Zoom. Thursday mornings at Stony Creek in person from 10 till 11. Tuesday mornings and afternoons from 11.30 a.m. until 12.30 p.m. Wednesday mornings in Clinton in person from 10 a.m. till 11. And Wednesday mornings and afternoons from 11.30 until 12.30 p.m. via Zoom. These workshops will be begin Monday, February 22nd. Each week, we will focus on and learn more about a different prayer style, resource, or practice. This will also be an opportunity to share with each other about how we pray, why we pray, etc. It is Pastor Michael's hope that some small groups may even form over time from these workshops and offer more opportunities for spiritual growth and fellowship. The workshops will continue through Lent and, depending on interest, may continue beyond at a modified schedule. In an effort to increase his availability for one-on-one -on -one conversations, Pastor Michael is blocking off time blocks during the week that people can schedule in advance or day of for a phone call, a Zoom call, or other means of virtual contact with Pastor Michael. This is not the only time you can contact Pastor Michael. If there is an emergency, please do not hesitate to contact him. Rather, this is a way for him to be more intentional about setting aside time to talk with people and help him in keeping his time organized. Again, you can always reach out to Pastor Michael anytime with an emergency or issue. But if you would like to speak with him, <clears throat> excuse me, about something that is not urgent, consider going to his website and click the blue schedule button. You can also call the church office and one of the office volunteers can help you find a time that works as well. Please let Pastor know if you have any thoughts, questions, or clarifications that may be needed. Thank you. Sunday school teacher. Oh, here we're asking again. Um, I'm not going to reread that one. The women of the church started a cookbook years ago, and we've decided to finish it and sell it at our craft show in November. If you have recipes for appetizers and or breads that you can share, please get them to Linda or drop them with the greeters on Sunday morning. 
The, East, the children will have an Easter egg hunt, scavenger hunt, on Palm Sunday. If you could go donate some wrapped candy, it would be greatly appreciated. All candy needs to be here by Sunday, March 21st. Um, the Swiss take dinner. They'll be providing Texas sheet cake for dessert with the dinner. We are hoping to collect monetary donations to cover the cost. Please put your donations in an envelope marked Texas sheet cake and give to the greeters on Sunday. More information about the help needed will be in the bulletin soon. And thank you. Would you please join me for a call to worship? Christ died for our trespasses, but was, but was raised for our justification. Christ brings grace for all. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Our opening hymn this morning is Lord of the Dance, number 261 in your hymnal.
Please join us in the opening prayer. God, your Son, your Son Jesus, Jesus Christ, bore the cross for our salvation and was raised from the dead for the redemption of the world. Give us the courage to take up our cross and follow him, that through his grace we may accept the cost of faithful discipleship and, and receive, receive the, the joy, joy of everlasting, everlasting life with, with Christ, Christ, who lives with, with you and the Holy Spirit, Spirit one God, God, now and forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Our second hymn is number 374, Standing on the Promises.
If you would please join me now in our prayer of illumination. Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit, open open our our hearts hearts to receive receive your word. Reveal Reveal to us the good news and enable us to trust in the promise of salvation in Jesus Christ. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning is Romans 4, 13 through 25 in the NRSV. God's promise realized through faith. For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham. For he is the father of all of us, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Hoping against hope, he believed that he would become the father of many nations, according to what was said. So numerous shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was already as good as dead, for he was about a hundred years old or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No distrust made him waver concerning concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Therefore his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now the words, it was reckoned to him, were written not for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be reckoned to us who believe in him, who raised Jesus from our Lord from the dead, who was handed over to death for our trespasses and was raised for our justification. The word of God for the people of God, and you say, Thanks be to God. What will it profit us to gain the whole world and forfeit our life? With all humanity, let us make our offering to God, trusting not in worldly gain, but in God's sustaining grace. Go! 
I'm honest, maybe I blamed you too. But you would not forsake me, cause only good things come from you. Though the mountains may be moved into the sea, though the ground beneath my crumble and give way, my father singing over me It's gonna be okay It's gonna be okay From beginning to the end You're so close You have never let me down And you won't In the valley, in the shadows I know You're so the sea Know the ground beneath my crumble and give way I can hear my father singing over me It's gonna be okay It's gonna be okay It's gonna be okay It's gonna be okay, gonna be okay. I'm gonna be okay I'm gonna If you would please join me now in singing our doxology. Almighty God, we thank you for the covenant you established with Abraham and Sarah, which you have opened to us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Accept these offerings with the dedication of our lives, that we may be for the world a sign of your abiding love and a testament to your enduring promise. In Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glories are your, glory are yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. It is now time for our youth moment, so if our youth and children would come on in, uh, we'll meet in the narthex and we'll have some fun and then you'll go off to Sunday school.
Everybody sit down. Okay, how are you guys doing this morning? Everybody awake? Okay, so in our first Bible story this morning, there was a word that uh, God used, and I'm wondering if you guys know this word. It was covenant. covenant. Do you guys recognize that word? Well, it's not who, it's a word. Go ahead, yeah. Yes. Well, that's what we're going to talk about. Does anybody think they know what it might mean? No. Josh? No, maybe not. So a covenant is like a promise. Yeah. Um, and it's not just like sometimes like your mom or your daddy might say, I promise uh, if you do your homework, we'll have McDonald's or something like that. That's not a covenant. A covenant is a promise. Okay, shh. A covenant is a promise between two people. Um, and in this case, it was a promise that God was going to always take care of Abraham and his family throughout all their generations. So not just Abraham and Sarah, but their kids, their grandkids, their great-grandkids, all the way for the end of time. And as long as Abraham was followed what God was asking him to do, God was going to stay with him. And so we celebrate a new covenant when Jesus came and died to save us. That was a new covenant that God made with the whole world that if we believe in Jesus, we will be saved. Okay? So all of that is really good news, and that's what we're focusing on right now is the good news. Um, and good news, we like to share good news, right? Yeah. We get excited to tell other people good news? Yeah. Okay, so... I know right now you're probably not getting out and seeing as many people as you normally would, but it is always good to share that good news with people, okay? Does that sound pretty good? Yes. No, no, not maybe later, okay, buddy? All right. So here's what I need your help with. We need to do the Lord's Prayer, okay? Because sometimes the adults forget the word. So can you guys help me? Okay, so re repeat after me. Ready? All right. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Awesome. You guys did a great job. Go to Sunday school, learn some stuff, have some fun, okay?
And before Cleon and I sing, I would like to thank all the church members who sent me birthday cards and birthday wishes. It was greatly appreciated. <laughs> This morning, uh, if you look in your bulletin, you can see uh, our prayer requests. Uh, we have continued prayers for Judy Crittenden on uh, Raisin Center Highway and her family. Um, Marianne Saylor's brother, Victor, passed away this week, so condolences and prayers for the comfort of that whole family as they are mourning that loss. Uh, continued prayers for Terry uh, Ross, who had suffered another stroke. Um, when I spoke to Phyllis uh, Saturday, um, he seems to be doing a little bit better. Um, he doesn't have uh, much function, I believe, on the right side, um, but he's been able to eat a little bit more solid food, um, and he's really enjoying uh, the windows in his room are low to the ground, um, and there's a bird feeder uh, outside, so he's been really enjoying getting to see the birds come and visit. Um, so he, uh, aside from the loss of function on the right side, he seems to be actually doing a little bit better. Um, we have prayers for Michael Lambert, Kim's neighbor, um, who has a tumor on his liver and suffering from complications that are not allowing a procedure to be done. Uh, we have prayers for uh, Richard Randolph, whose cousin passed away from COVID. Um, Prayers for Jim and Sandy Godbout, friends of Sheila's, whose only child passed away at the end of January. So prayers for their uh, mourning and grieving. Um, healing mercy, prayers for Hunter McCain, a young friend of Sandy's. Uh, we are 
praying continually for Sue Hartag's new chemo uh, treatment. We're hoping that this will be successful and, uh, and get her all healed. Uh, prayer for Craig Henry, Jody's brother-in-law who hurt his back. Uh, prayer for Noah Gibson, Linda and Roger's grandson uh, who had surgery and is in need of healing mercies. Uh, we have continued prayers for Lisa's family, her youngest grandson, Baker, who was diagnosed with spinal muscular atrophy. Um, he was approved for a new gene therapy that was done uh, earlier uh, this month. Um, and so far, looks like it's going well. So prayers that it continues to help him gain strength in his lower limbs so he is able to uh, learn to walk. Um, we also have prayers for Judy Williams and her family. Uh, Judy is a former member of ours. She's living in Kentucky now. Um, she has found out she has late stage cancer um, and is in a lot of pain. Um, we also need prayers for Alice Wimple. Uh, she has been diagnosed with COVID. So prayers for her healing um, and that she doesn't have to go through um, some of the rougher symptoms that come up. Uh, prayers for Jackie Proctor, who has a serious lung condition. Um, and then prayers also for David Gerbaugh. Um, he has stage four colon cancer, uh, which has metastasized. Um, so please keep all of those people um, in your prayers. Um, and please join me now in an attitude of prayer. Holy God, we come before you as always, a grateful and thankful people for the blessings you bestow upon us in our lives. We are thankful for another day on your creation and thankful for all that you do and all that you are. You taught us to bring everything to you in prayer, so we lift to you our joys and our concerns, the things that weigh heavily on our hearts. This morning, you have heard the names we have lifted and we lift all others who may be suffering this day, whether physically, emotionally, or mentally. God, we pray for your healing touch. And we also ask that you would continue to guide the hands and efforts of all of the doctors and nurses and surgeons and lab technicians, research scientists, and all others who work in the healthcare and healing industries. We thank you for their efforts and their sacrifice of self and time. And we pray that our whole creation might experience healing. God, we also want to give you thanks for the many people who work to keep us safe in this world. We are thankful and lift up all of our service men and women serving in the military, our police and firefighters, our first responders, our crossing guards, and so many others who do so much and work so hard to keep us safe in our world. God, we pray that you would guide them in their hearts and in their minds and their words and actions. We also pray that you would keep them safe and strong. And Lord, for those who are serving far away from home, we pray that they may be able to return home soon we could begin to see an end to conflict in our world. God, we also pray for 
our nation and every nation in the world. We continue to find ourselves in a time of pandemic, political unrest, injustice, hatred, angry, or anger, controversy, conspiracy, confusion. We find ourselves in places we don't want to be. God, we want peace, but we know peace can only come through you. We ask that you would allow us and help us to be a part of bringing about peace to this world, that we could work alongside you, that we could be agents of peace and love in this world and not be the cause of more disruption or exclusion or distancing of one another. God, we pray that you would envelop this world with your spirit of peace and love. Help us to see each other the way you see us as your children, all equal and worthy of being and mercy and love and grace. Help us to see the potential that love can bring to this world. How great, how amazing this world could be if we could always begin with love. All of these things, as well as those we keep quietly on our own hearts and minds, we lift to you this day in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Trusting in God's promise of salvation, let us confess our sin and repent. If you would please read aloud with me our prayer of confession. Merciful God, we confess that we have not been sincere Christians. We claim to follow Jesus, but have not taken his path of sacrificial love. We confess to be disciples, but we are not willing to bear the cross or cost of discipleship. We affirm the virtue of self-denial, but we indulge our selfish desires and seek earthly gain. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for sincere repentance through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please take a few moments now for silent prayer and confession. Children of God, hear the good news. God deems as righteous all who trust that Jesus has been raised from the dead for our salvation. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please join us in the affirmation of faith, which is on page 888. Christ died for our sins, was buried, was raised on the third day, 
and appeared first to the women, then to Peter and the Twelve, and then to many faithful witnesses. We believe Jesus is the Christ, the Anointed One of God, the firstborn of all creation, the firstborn from the dead, in whom all things hold together, in whom the fulfillment of God was pleased to dwell by the power of the Spirit. Christ is the head of the body, the church, and by the blood of the cross reconciles all things to God. Amen. Our second scripture reading is Romans just a moment here. Romans 4, 13 through 25 in the NRSV. God's promise realized through faith. For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Did I already read that? No, okay. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason, it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham for he is the father of us all. It is as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Hoping against hope, he believed that he would become the father of many nations according to what was said. So numerous shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was already as good as dead, for he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No distrust made him waver considering the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Therefore his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now the words, it was reckoned to him, were written not for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be reckoned to us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was handed over to death for our trespasses and was raised for our justification. The word of God, for the people of God. And you say, thanks, thanks be to God. <clears throat> Our next hymn will be number 116, The God of Abraham Praise. Oh, uh -huh. 
Our third scripture reading for this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, verses 31 through 38. Excuse me one second. This section is headed, uh, Jesus foretells his death and resurrection. Apologize, my version got cut off. I need to. There we go. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. For you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the gospel of the Lord, and you say, Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Please join me again in an attitude of prayer. God of light, mercy, love, and grace, we faithfully continue to follow the journey of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, through these 40 days of growing, learning, and being. We find good news throughout this journey, especially in the words of Jesus to his followers. And we look towards the day that offers us the greatest news, Easter morning. We ask that you would continue to guide us through this time. Help us to live into the commandments to love you and one another. And help us to share the good news we hear and we find through everything we say and do. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning again to you all. Today is the second Sunday in Lent, and we are continuing in our sermon series, Good News and Challenging Times. Uh, last week, you got your primer on what the Lenten season is all about, and hopefully some of that is still fresh in your mind as we continue. Um, if you do not remember, or if you were not able to hear the message last week, the primary thing um, I want to focus on when it comes to Lent in relation to this series is that while the liturgical scripture selections for years A and C of the Revised Common Lectionary are rather sober and demanding, the selections for year B that we are currently in 
are all basically good news. And I feel that using this season to look at some of the good news we find in those liturgical scripture selections will help us as we continue to navigate some challenging times, including the pandemic, the political climate of our nation, and some of the ongoing challenges we find within our own denomination. So this week, our second message of our new sermon series is titled, Some More Good News. So let's jump right now into our first reading for today from the book of Genesis, chapter 17. This section of text, as was mentioned, has the header, the sign of the covenant, but it is not a repeat of the covenant sign of the rainbow after the flood that we read about last week. This covenant is instead being made between God and Abram. I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will make you exceedingly numerous. Now, for Abram, this statement is good news. Even before he's told what the covenant will be, if for no other reason than that God would choose to make a covenant with him. We read that he falls to his face, and then God tells him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the ancestor of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the ancestor of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between you and me and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. This is some serious good news. For Abram, now Abraham, his legacy in the world is secured and he is going to be the start of a great family, one that will have a lasting impact on the world. His name will go down in history. He will be the beginning of nations and kingdoms. And on top of all of that, this will be an everlasting covenant promising that God will not be just his God, but God for all generations after him. This is also good news because Abraham gets a new name and that's kind of fun. But this is also good news for us today. And I say that because Abraham will come, from him will come so many people that will continue to have an impact on the world and on the faith that we claim still today. There are various places in scripture that make the claim that King David was a descendant of Abraham. And then later that Jesus was a descendant of King David. Now, King David was a rather important person in the Old Testament and considered one of the greatest, if not the greatest, kings in the history of the Israelite people. And, of course, you know, Jesus had something of an impact on the world. Now let's look at our second reading for today from the book of Romans chapter 4. Now Romans, as you may know, claims its authorship from the Apostle Paul which, amazingly enough, most biblical scholars actually seem to agree on, as opposed to some of the other letters attributed to him that they don't always agree that he is the author of. Now, this section of the text carries the header, God's promise realized through faith. 
In this part of the epistle, Paul talks about how the promise that we just read about back in Genesis was not given through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. We're also told in verse 16, for this reason it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also those who share the faith of Abraham. Well, right there, we're getting good news again, both for the readers of the letter it was written to and for us again today. We hear that it is faith that makes the great promise happen, not the law, which no one can really live up to anyway. And we are told that because it depends on faith, the promise rests on grace and is guaranteed to all of Abraham's descendants and those who share his faith. Now, we may not be biological descendants of Abraham, but we are descendants in that sense of passing down that faith in God from generation to generation across the world. And because of what we believe about grace and how it is given by God, how it changes us, how it connects us to God, through love and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for the salvation of the world, all of that makes this even better news. We are promised the everlasting covenant not because of something in the law which Jesus came to fulfill, but because of the righteousness of faith. So as people who are not literal descendants of Abraham, as the case for many of whom Paul wrote to in his letters, this news makes us descendants of the faith and further secures that everlasting covenant God has held with God's people for all people. Finally, we come to our last reading for this morning from Mark's Gospel, chapter 8. This section is headed, Jesus foretells his death and resurrection. Now, for those of us who are familiar with where the larger story is going towards Easter morning and what all that means, this header already is good news as it acknowledges what is yet to come. But let's dive in a little bit deeper. The passage starts by telling us that Jesus began teaching them that he had to suffer greatly. He had to be rejected by the religious authorities, and then he had to be killed. Now, that part might not sound like such great news, but there's more. He also tells them that after three days, he will rise again. So that is some good news. The disciples will at least get Jesus back, right? Well, yes and no. Yes, because we know that Jesus does rise after three days. But no, because he doesn't come back in the way that they may have been expecting or wanting necessarily. Jesus doesn't come back and then go right back to doing the things he was doing before he died, um, continuing to preach and, and walk around and hanging out with the disciples. But we'll get into all of that in the coming weeks. Jesus goes on to point out to Peter, who tries to push back against this idea of him dying, that they are all focusing on human things and not divine things. This itself is also good news in that Jesus was both human and divine, and the work he did like healing people showed he could and did focus on human things. But now it was time for him to focus on more divine things, like saving the world 
Now was the time for him to focus on what was coming up, what his sacrifice would ultimately mean for humanity and really all of creation. He goes on to speak to the crowds about what will happen for those who follow him. If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. This is good news. Yes, the whole losing your life part might not sound so great, but the return on that is salvation, which is great news. And of course, what he is telling the people, even if they didn't completely understand all of it or the magnitude maybe of what he was saying, but what he is telling the people is the literal good news of God's love and saving grace. And this, of course, is good news for all of us today in the same way. Yes, we have the benefit of years of the Christian faith growing and educating people, so we might understand some of this better or more clearly than they might have at that time. And hopefully our expectations are more in line with what he was actually talking about, again, from having the historical information and faith formation over the years. But it is still good news. Salvation is always good news for those who need it. And friends, let's be honest, boy, oh boy, do we need it. Now, last week, I talked about trying to find the good news out in the world, not just in Scripture. And I again acknowledge that sometimes it can be harder to find that. Um, and when we're experiencing things like we are right now, from this pandemic to political unrest and, and everything else going on, it can be hard sometimes to find the good news. And that goes not just for all of you, but for me too. I always try to be optimistic, but I too struggle at times to find the good news in the world. So I tried something a little different this past week. I started looking around at some science uh, websites, technology websites, publications, for things that, at least to me, sounded like good news. And I tried to focus on things that were not simply good news, but offered in one way or another salvation or saving for someone or something. And I'd like to share one of them with you that I found right now. Recently, scientists have cloned the first United States endangered species, a black-footed ferret. It was duplicated from the genes of an animal that died over 30 years ago. This is good news. It is good news for the black-footed ferret, obviously, as this could ultimately help them to no longer be an endangered species. But it's also good news for many other animals. Through what has been learned through this cloning process, it eventually could bring back extinct species like the passenger pigeon, or even others who were hunted to extinction or died off when their habitats were overtaken by humanity. The process is already holding promise for other endangered species, including a Mongolian wild horse that was cloned last summer and born at a facility in Texas. Think of what we could do with this knowledge. Think of the animal populations that could not only be saved, but also brought back. 
Now, I want to be clear, I'm not advocating for anything like we see in the Jurassic Park movies. I think they make it very clear that that is not a good idea. But there are several other species who were wiped out because of human ignorance, callousness, greed, or desperation. We are told in scripture countless times we are to care for God's creation. This might be a way to not only do that, but also undo some mistakes. In my mind, that offers not only salvation for those animals, but also for us in being better able to fulfill that call by God to care for creation and God's creatures. And that is good news. It is good news because it is also a way to love. In this case, love God's creation. And true, pure love is always good news. God's love is good news. And when we show love for others in God's creation, that is good news. So I want to encourage you to go and seek and search for that good news in the world. It doesn't have to be something specific about the church, the greater church, or faith. We can find good news in countless places. Sometimes we just have to spend a little extra time to find it. And you might be surprised at what you find. Amen. If you would join us in our closing hymn number 269, Lord, throughout these 40 days. Oh
Beloved children of God, disciples of Jesus, do not shun the way of the cross, but follow wherever our Lord may lead. May the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit uphold you on the way. Go now in peace and serve the Lord. Amen.